We should like go and like hang out with Todd. <laughs> Whoa, it's Todd. Yeah. <laughs> Todd's even cooler than we thought. <laughs> Boys, I'm looking for a fellow who goes by the name of Todd. <laughs> oh yeah. He's <laughs> cool. Todd would make like a good manager or something. Welcome to another episode of the 206 Geek Podcast with your host Todd, the 206 Geek. Yes, I'm your host Todd, the 206 Geek, and this is episode 87. I know there's been a few days since, uh, well, I mean, I did two episodes last week, so I probably could hold off a few more days. As it stands, this is Monday the 11th, and I'm probably not going to post this right away. I might hold on to this. Um, but likely I'll just go ahead and post it because I'm bored and want something to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. I know I'm funny. Uh-huh. Um, oh, I did add some new sounds on here. Some new, some new clips to use for the podcast. Where is it? I had, I added, uh, oh, I, I changed one of them. I haven't used in a long time, but I added, I added, uh, something to us so check this out meanwhile back at the podcast i think i need to adjust the audio on that one it's it's kind of quiet i don't know i'll turn it up a little bit try again meanwhile back at the podcast I think my voice is too loud on that and the and the sound effect at the beginning is too quiet and i think i need to and Need to adjust that in Audacity and re- reload it back into the pod into the iPad. So I don't know. I may not. If I may not use that one right away. Let's see here. The other one that I added was this one. Sorry, boot that. Sorry, boot that. It's uh, it's uh, from the movie Yoga Hosers, uh, which I affectionately called it uh, Canadian Canadian Clerks or Clerks A, but uh. Because it was essentially um, clerks, but up in Canada, so that's why they were like, "Sorry, boot that." Sorry, boot that. Yeah, I thought it was funny. That's you know, that's why I put it in there. So I don't know. I may start using that as kind of a "sorry, not sorry" kind of reaction. So if I say something that I think people might go, "Oh, dude, really? Sorry, sorry, boot that." Um, I don't think I added any more. I think that was pretty much it. Um, Todd, don't be an asshole. Okay, Ralph. Jeez. All right, so I did pull up some things from my Feedly. And uh, see, we have we have DC Universe's Swamp Thing heading over to the CW. We'll be talking about that. There's a rumor that Amazon is going to is thinking about buying AMC theaters. That would be awesome. And then we have a story about Mark Hamill can't imagine ever returning as Luke Skywalker. Well, largely because it took 40 fucking years between the new trilogy and the and the first trilogy. In, unless they figure out a way to make him kind of the, the spirit ghost 
for Ray in future movies, which would be cool as long as they don't wait too fucking long to put out more movies. Because, you know, he's in his 60s now. So anyways, we'll go on to the next thing I'm going to talk about, which is Disney confirms live-action Mulan still on track for theatrical release in July. More Disney news. Marvel's Black Widow and other tent poles are not skipping theaters for Disney+. And Star Wars Disney executives confirm Mandalorian Season 2 won't be delayed due to coronavirus. That's good news, I think. I mean, I'm excited that it's not being delayed, but at the same time, I hope everyone is staying safe and not putting themselves in danger for our entertainment. That would be really, really bad. All right. Uh, And then we have another Star Wars thing, and I'm going to probably pull up some other stories too. These are just like the first... Like six or seven things that I saw on my freely list, and they all seem to have to do with Disney or Star Wars. (laughs) So I'll find some other things to talk about too. Uh, But this last one is how Boba Fett's return in The Mandalorian changes the original trilogy. Okay, well, we'll talk about that. So let's go back to the first thing I mentioned, which was Swamp Thing from DC Universe is heading over to the CW. It's. You know, I watched like the first four episodes of the of the Swamp Thing, and they're going to be doing a lot of editing, I think, because that show was very violent, and there was a lot of cursing. So they're going to edit a lot of stuff, or they're just going to bleep it. I would hope they're going to bleep the cursing, or you know, do some do some uh, ADR and replace those words. Um, and but I hope I hope they don't um I hope they don't censor it is what I'm getting at. Uh if they show it on the CW, are they gonna show it just on the app? Are they gonna have it on broadcast television? I guess we'll find out. This is what this article this article is on hero heroichollywood.com. Uh it says DC Universe's cancelled Swamp Thing will be making its way over to the CW for the network's fall lineup. One of the most beloved series to come out of the CW, uh, out of the DC's pantheon of characters was Swamp Thing, which made its debut on DC Universe, was canceled just days after it made its premiere. In just 10 episodes, Swamp Thing became beloved by thousands of DC fans and even won the love of critics. Praised for its fantastic atmosphere and heavy dose of scars, Swamp Thing's cancellation led many uh, fans bewildered and at the decision. For those who never got the chance to see DC Universe's show, the horror series will be heading to the CW for the network's fall lineup. Deadline reports that the CW, the home, the home for DC's Arrowverse will be acquiring DC Universe's show to add more weight to its upcoming fall lineup. This decision, this decision isn't odd for the CW as they, they previously acquired the rights to air shows during summer. In, in fact, Swamp Thing himself appeared in the CW's Arrowverse crossover Crisis on Infinite Earths earlier this year, further solidifying the relationship between the shows, and the network. Fans might be wondering, 
if this means that there will be new Swamp Thing episodes coming out of the CW, which certainly isn't the case, as the network will only be airing the episodes that can be found on the DC Universe. At this current junction, no air date or time has been announced for the DC series for its network premiere. Well, and, and if you haven't seen the Swamp Things series, um, it's well worth, at the very least, getting a month's worth of DC Universe to binge watch the whole series. I would say do the, I would say just do the the, the trial period with, but that's only a month long, and uh, I don't know if you can go through all those episodes in a month. You probably could, if you don't you know have a job or anything else that would. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's a cool series. I may have to go back and, and finish watching it. Cause like I said, I only watched like, the first four episodes and that was because I only had the trial period. And I was, I didn't, I could not afford to do, um, more at the time. And I, then I, then I forgot about it and, and never re-added it. So, but now I have it for a whole year. So I'm probably going to end up watching Swamp Thing here at some point. All right, so uh, uh, uh. yeah, I don't know. I th- I think that um, yeah, I think I th- I think it's awesome that they're bringing that to the CW because it was a cool series. All right, so the rumor that that Amazon is is eyeing to take over AMC theaters. Let's see what this says here. A brand new brand new rumor suggests that tech conglomerate Amazon is looking to take over AMC theaters. Uh, movies theaters around the world have been ha- have been having a pretty tough time in the wake of the coronavirus, which has caused all facets of entertainment industry to shudder. AMC theaters both the world both the world's the world's and the United States largest cinema chain hasn't been uh taking it all too well as they were recently dabbed dabbling with bankruptcy worries. AMC theaters also owns and operates Odeon cinemas uh, in the United Kingdom. According to a brand new rumor from Daily Mail, AMC theaters may be, may have a hero in Amazon who appears to be interested in taking over the cinema chain. I don't know about you guys, but I think that's an amazing thing um, because, number one, um, you'll probably start seeing the the Amazon movies being played at AMC theaters if they keep the name. Um, you know, t- that would be cool. That really would be. Um, I don't know. I, and I think I really... I, I don't know. I, th- I think I think it is going to be a good thing. I really do. I can't I, unless unless they decide to uh, completely revamp the entire chain of of theaters and <clears throat> start charging a lot more money, which they already charge a lot of money for for AMC. AMC is not the cheapest place to go see movies because you figure the average movies between like twelve and like. Eighteen dollars, depending on if you're seeing it in 3D or, or IMAX or just standard 
you know. And uh and then of course they have their their uh their subscription based thing where you where you get to watch three movies three movies a week for I think it's like twenty three bucks, which was not bad. But um I end up I end up leaving that because the the nearest AMC to me is like forty minutes away. It's a long fucking drive just to go see a movie, right? Um Yeah, I just it's I think that um when everything goes back to normal, I think that uh people are definitely going to be probably well, definitely probably. <laughs> I think I think most people are going to be like, "Oh, I need to get out, I need to go see a movie. This is I I've been cramped in the house for X number of days." Uh which has been like 57 days for me. Well, longer than that if you're not counting the coronavirus. I don't really leave the house much. And even less so now with the coronavirus thing going on, because um, that before it was kind of a anxiety and, and depression thing for me. And so I would, when I'm not feeling up to doing things around other people, I just you know what I'm staying in. I'm not going anywhere. Um, um, um. So you know what. <laughs> I think I think that it will be a good thing, especially after everything's done and said said and done. Um, I just I'm just noticing that I say I'm a lot, and I apologize. I, and and the way I record my podcast, I do not go in and edit out words unless unless it's like something that is said that I think is not like it's it's not part of it it is not needed for the the story or whatever or if it's something too personal I'll take it out but I don't generally I don't generally take out curse words or ands and uhs and ums so it, it people probably don't like it because of that but you know I I think that um see I did it again I think I think that it's just that's just how people talk and if if you just kind of have to look look past it. Don't think about it too much, and that's that's pretty much what I've been doing. Is I haven't been thinking about it too much, and maybe that's why it doesn't bother me. Although I heard someone say that when they do their podcast, they they have to they have to cut out all the ums. I think there's there's I would be I would be editing all fucking week to cut out all the ums if I was to do that. And it's you know what I think. Hold on a second. I need to turn on. I need to turn on the fan. Hold on. It's getting really warm in here. So it might start getting a little noisy in here. I apologize. But it's getting really, really warm in here. I'm starting to get sweaty. Um, uh, uh, all right. So the next story is Mark Hamill can't imagine ever returning as Luke Skywalker. It says here, Star Wars veteran Mark Hamill, who played Luke Skywalker across the, the across six episodes of the nine-movie saga, says he can't imagine returning to the galaxy far, far away after a bittersweet send-off in Star Wars The, the Rise of Skywalker. Now 68, Hamill first started as a desert planet farm boy, Luke Skywalker, in George Lucas's direct, uh, directed 1977 
original Star Wars before returning alongside co-stars Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher in the 1980s Empire Strikes Back and 83's Return of the Jedi. Decades later, Hamill silently reprised the role in J.J. Abrams' 2015 franchise relaunch, The Force Awakens, before returning again in Rain Johnson's directed Last Jedi in 2017 and Abrams' Rise of Skywalker billed as the final to the Skywalker saga in 2019. Quote, I can't imagine that, no. Hamill told Entertainment Weekly when asked about returning to the Star Wars galaxy, quote, I had a beginning, middle, and end. Those films gave me far more than I ever expected when we started out, so it's never even occurred to me, end quote. Hamill confirmed uh, confirmation comes one day after the actor tweeted a goodbye to his Jedi master who perished in The Last Jedi uh, before returning as the Force Ghost in Skywalker. There Luke provided Rey, played by Daisy Ridley, with sage advice ahead of her battle with the return Palpatine, played by Ian McDermott. Quote, My farewell in in episode nine and it my farewell my farewell was in episode nine and it was bittersweet, Hamill said. I love all those people and I certainly have affection for, for George and the characters he's created. I'm full of gratitude for what it was and given me and my career, but I don't want to be greedy. There are so many more stories to tell and so many great actors to tell them. They don't need me. I disagree, Mark. I think... But this is this is coming from an old-school fanboy. I think it would be amazing if you were to continue playing the Force Ghost of Luke. I would love that. I would love to see that. I would love to see more movies come out. I'm not one of those fanboys that cried because George Lucas ruined their childhood. I wasn't. I did kind of fall into the category of don't change the originals. They were fine the way they were. Don't need to add or change or manipulate things in them. But, and I and I, and I'm not one of those fanboys who disliked the new trilogy. I fucking love them. I own every single movie. The only ones that I don't own are the prequels. I've purchased all the other ones, so. I would love to see him do Luke again. But that's me. I don't know about you guys, but I I wanted to see more of Luke in the, the final trilogy. There wasn't enough Luke in that movie as far as I was concerned, but you know, I enjoyed the movie for the movies for what they were. I I didn't have a lot of expectations other than I was going to finally see the end of this saga that started when I was like 7 years old. And yeah, there was a couple scenes that I, I okay, they they shouldn't have done that or I I wish they hadn't done that. But it wasn't like a you've ruined my childhood. You know, 
And all I have to say to them is this. Okay, they're talking about fictional characters. Fictional characters. Am I, am I getting through to you at all? I know, right? And I, and, I, and I try to remind myself of that when I'm having those fanboy moments where it's just like, they've totally fucked it up. Why did they do this? And I also have to remind myself that as much as they feel like they belong to me, they don't. <laughs> they, I, don't I do not own these movies to the point where I can manipulate the story or make it the way I want unless I was to become a director and become so good that Kathleen Kennedy would want me to be a part of that of that uh, that universe. I think anybody who complains about a movie because it didn't meet their expectations needs to reevaluate their life or become a director or a producer and make your own fucking movies. But that's me. And I'm sorry to go on a, on a tangent there, so. Meanwhile, back at the podcast. I really do need to fix that. <laughs> All right, so. And as always, I don't know if I, I didn't say that today, but as always, all the stories that I'm talking about on this episode, I will have the links posted on notes.206geek.com and uh, they're usually labeled as episode such and such links and uh, you can go and click on the links and see the stories for yourself alright the next Disney story that we have here is, comes from Heroic Hollywood Disney confirms live action Mulan still on track for a theatrical release in July you know I I don't know if I've seen the original Mulan all the way through. I I have memories of seeing clips, and it may have been from like watching YouTube. I know I didn't see it in theaters, and I'm pretty sure I never saw it on on video, on DVD or VHS. Excuse me. All of a sudden, I'm getting hiccups. Um, let's see here. Disney CEO Bob Chapek, I think it's how it's pronounced, C H A P E K has confirmed that live-action Mulan remake starring uh, Yifei Lu, Lu? Y-I-F-E-I is the first name, L-I-U is the last name, still on track to release in theaters this July. Mulan was originally slated to arrive in theaters March 27th. However... In early April, the live-action adaption of the animated classic was rescheduled to theaters in July, on July 24th, 2020, due to the coronavirus spreading across the globe. The date had originally belonged to the Jungle Cruise starring Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt, but with reopening, but with the reopening of America, Chapek expressed his optimism to CNBC for a pent-up demand for the, from audiences hoping to return to theaters for the moving-going experience as soon as possible. Let's see here. And it says, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a star-step situation, stair-step situation. Yeah, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a stair step situation, just like it's going to be 
in our parks. I think there's a lot of pent-up demand. On the other hand, that viewers, fans of movies want to, to go see them. I don't know. I, I think it's... I said yesterday to somebody, I think when when Disney parks reopen and movie theaters start showing movies again, I think that's when things are going to be okay. Things are going to be back to normal. And now that I'm hearing them saying that, and I've heard them say that uh, that uh, Disney parks are reopening, um, not like full capacity opening, but they're opening, I think... Um, I think they might be doing it too early. But then I don't really know. Let's see. It says here, in regards to the limited capacity and, and impact that social distancing guidelines will have on the box office returns, Chepak believes it's something that that will re, that will be manageable with Friday and Saturday nights being the biggest exception. Because I don't know about you guys, but I've worked in a movie theater and, and the weekends are the busiest. And actually, I think Monday is also pretty damn busy. Monday and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday are all like the busiest part of the the working in a movie theater. All right, next story. Black Widow, Marvel's Black Widow and other tentpoles are not skipping theaters for Disney Plus, which is probably a good thing, you know, assuming that things are going to be opening up and we ha- we don't have anything to worry about. I know for myself personally, I'm not going to be going back to theaters anytime soon even if they do open. And um and uh, which is going to suck because I'm I'm paying I'm paying monthly. Well, I will be paying monthly once the theaters reopen, for uh, um, like the monthly service to to go see movies whenever, and not at AMC but the, at the uh, Regal. Like Regal has theirs, and when I signed up for that, I, I was signing up for a minimum of twelve months, so I couldn't cancel. But luckily for me, when this whole thing started with the coronavirus, they they paused my membership because they knew that it wouldn't have been fair to charge me and not and me not being able to use it. So f- for that, I am grateful. Um, so I'm hoping I'm hoping that things are truly truly going to be safe when I start getting charged for that again. <laughs> I really, really hope that I'll be able to use it and not just pay twenty dollars a month or twenty. I think it's like twenty four dollars a month uh, with that. But this is uh, he goes on to saying, we believe that the th- in the theatrical experience, particularly to launch big blockbuster franchise films, uh, he said. On CNBC's Squawk Alley, it fuels the entire Disney company from consumer products to theme parks all the way to Disney+. And so we really think 
that's the smart way to launch our big tentpole films. <sighs> I really hope things do work out in that regard. <laughs> I really, really do. Because the the thing that I keep thinking is that you know we're and I've re- I, I remember hearing about uh, the last time there was a big pandemic like this went like early 1900s or whatever it was I can't remember I just remember seeing a thing about it and then back then they they uh, they they went back to, they went back to normal too soon and then it, then the, that it started all over again and it was worse the second time around so i'm hoping i'm hoping that doesn't happen this time around i'm hoping that we are able to squash this completely before we start going back to work as much as i understand people not wanting to be cooped up in the house cuz i totally get that i've been cooped up in this house for the last three and a half years three and a half years folks and yes I, I did it wasn't that I was I know it's different because you're not I wasn't being required to stay in I was choosing to stay in but that was and I didn't, even choosing is not even the right word I was dealing with a lot of uh, you know I was anxiety and depression and stuff so that is not something I chose, but I wasn't I wasn't being locked in the house because of some scary disease. So in that respect, it's different. But I I get it. I I wanted to be able to go out and visit people, and I wanted to be able to go out and see my friends and family. But I I couldn't get myself to actually get up and do those things. Anytime I started, you know, I want to do this, I was like, no, no, no. You know? Uh, so I understand people's frustration for not being able to go out and be social. And no one's saying you can't be social. You just have to do it with lots of space in between everybody. You're not, you're not being locked in your homes. They just want you to be smart about it when you do leave your homes, not to not to go around just being in close proximity with everybody. Minimum of six feet distance between you and other people should be the norm right now. And the last few times I've gone to the store, you know, the stores now have like signs everywhere that says, Maintain six feet of distance between you and everybody else. The problem with that is that a lot of people do not believe the coronavirus is a thing. Or it's, they don't believe it is as serious as it, it, as it is. So there's a lot of people out there who just don't give a fuck and don't, and don't care about the six-foot buffer between you and them. They think you're being silly. They think you're being stupid. So the last few times I went to the store, I was trying to do do my part and stay six feet from everybody else, and I got people walking right next to me, you know, not wearing masks, not wearing gloves, 
not doing their part. And it took every ounce of my self-control not to completely lose my shit with these people. Because these are also the same people that were not paying attention to the one-way signs on the grocery aisles. I don't know about you guys, where you guys live, but here in Washington State, of the stores I've gone to since all of this started, Albertsons and Safeway and Walmart, they all have, like, signs that say one way. One going down one aisle this way and then coming back on the next one over. And, uh, and, and granted, when I first went back to the store and they had those, I didn't see them and didn't realize that's what they were. But once you're, once you've, it's what been like almost 60 days in since all of this started, something like that. It's like been like 50 something days and people are. The thing with the thing with the people that don't believe it or they think it's a hoax or some other stupid fucking reason for not believing it. Um this, these people in my mind are the same as anti vaxxers. They think that vaccinations don't help, they they cause more problems than they fix. You know, and that's fine if you want to endanger your family. But when you start endangering other people's families, that's when I have an issue. You know, the anti-vax is the reason, or, or I would imagine anyway, part of the reason why this is even a thing. I know that there's, there's other reasons why COVID-19 is a thing, and it probably has nothing to do with them, but it's that mentality is what I'm referring to, the the... We don't believe it. It's fake. It's not real. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. All right. So on to the next story. And we're back. All right. So I had I turned the fan off because I realized it was just really loud and obnoxious. And I apologize. I'll just have to sit in this heat. All right. Anyways, back to the next story. 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 All right. Uh, Disney executives confirmed that The Mandalorian Season 2 will not be delayed due to coronavirus. Considering all of the delays that have already sprung up thanks to coronavirus pandemic, it would be easy to assume that many films and shows that were set to arrive later this year will miss that window. Marvel Studios' entire Phase 4 theatrical slate has been pushed back, and Sony Pictures has abandoned their 2020 summer film releases plans entirely, delaying most new films into next year. Now, everything has been delayed, though. Not everything has been delayed, though. And titles in the works for at-home streamings at... is still still very much on the way with Disney confirming that The Mandalorian will still be back for season 2 unimpeded speaking in a new interview about delays to films and television production 
the CEO confirmed that many projects that were in early parts of development and the later parts of editing remain in the works, specifically mentioning that The Mandalorian will not be delayed since it was already post-production. In in post-production. Well, that's good. They've already filmed everything, so now they're just doing all the special effects and stuff. As you know, we have a certain amount of inventory, particularly for Disney+, Plus, that is still fueling the machine. He told CNBC, it's important to note that, though, that pre-production sort of development phase can still can still happening can uh, can still happen during these times of lockdown, if if you will, and post production can still happen. So it's only films that are midstream, right in the middle of production that have been stopped by the pandemic. Take for example, Man- the Mandalorian was shot before COVID nineteen. Stop the. Uh, uh, for example, the Mandalorian was shot before COVID really hit, and there, the, uh, so we've been in post production, and there will be no delay on the Mandalorian. Same thing with Black Widow, which is coming out in November. This welcome news. This is welcome news for fans of the series as new details of the show have begun to step out before any official details can be announced by Lucasfilm or Disney+. Plus, uh, Rick Famuyiwa, a director for the upcoming second season, previously confirmed that, that work on the series continues despite anyone being sequestered to their home. We've been hunkered down for the pat for the in the post process. He told Variety, "It's been a challenging and great experience so far. It's good to have that. So uh, it's good to have that to take my mind away from the daily madness that we're living in in the moment." Yeah. No, I. That's awesome that they got all the pros. They're do, they're just doing post production right now. So, I'm oh, wow. I really can't wait to see that now. Let's see, and the last story I have here is how Boba Fett's return to the Mandalorian changes the original trilogy. All right, sorry, I had to turn the fan back on. It was really getting hot in here. <laughs> so I apologize. That's, that's, I don't know how bad it is for you. I, I, I can't really hear it in my headphones over the actual sound of the... So I don't know how bad it is. I apologize. Um, all right, so back at this story here. It says, Star Wars fans were recently shocked by the announcement that Star Wars prequel trilogy actor... Uh, Tamara Morrison is playing Boba Fett in The Mandalorian Season 2. Morrison was the actor who played the bounty hunter Jango Fett in the prequels. Jango was, of course, the genetic basis for the uh, the Repub- 
for the... Okay. There's a genetic basis for the Republic and Chancellor Palpatine's clone army. And as, re- and as requested to the cloners on Kamino, Django had his own personal clone created, which he allowed to age naturally. After Django's d- je- death fighting Mace Windu the battle in the Battle of Genosis... And it says here in brackets, See Star Wars Attack of the Clones. Boba came of age as a smuggler and bounty hunter in the Clone Wars. That is so cool. I think it's awesome that they're, they're going to have him play uh, his first Star Wars, char- Star Wars character's father. That's awesome. Or not father, son, rather. Son, yes. He played the father and now he's playing the son. So, and it goes on to saying here, The Mandalorian will be the first time that uh, Morrison finally finally gets to play the, the most famous of uh, clone-wearing... The most famous of clone-wearing his face. But Boba Fett's return definitely means some major changes to the Star Wars franchise. With the iconic bounty hunter seemingly last seen tracking down the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda, here's how Star Wars will have to shift to accommodate his return. The Big Reveal The first thing the Mandalorian and or the larger Star Wars franchise is going to have to to explain is how Boba Fett escaped the Sarlacc pit and seemingly seemingly his death in the return of of the Jedi. Of course, the Clone Wars animated series revealed just how much of a smear the man under the Boba Fett mask really is. What? Oh, not smear. I can can read. I really can. Damn. Schemer is what the word is, not schmear. I don't know. Apparently, I've never read that word before. I've never seen that word before. But after reading the the last few words, I realized that wasn't the word it was. Okay, so now I'm admitting how dumb my reading can be sometimes. The Clone Wars animated series revealed just how much of a schemer the man under the Boba Fett mask really is. While the Mandalorian has revealed just how tough someone wearing the Mandalorian armor is, truly is, there, there's foundation enough for a flashback showing Boba Fett fighting his way out of the Sarlacc belly. I could totally see that happening. Considering how much of a badass uh, Mando is in the, in the series that have, had to fight that giant pig-like thing, see here. Yeah. This is going to be cool. Alright, the next thing that says here. More Skywalker Saga plot holes. Obviously, the change that Boba Fett survived the Sarlacc Pit then raises a hundred thousand other questions about the Star Wars Skywalker Saga continue. 
continuity. It seems to be the curse of the modern Star Wars franchise. With every new fan service event, Palpatine and Boba Fett's mutual returns, the franchise continually needs to be reorganized and re-explained. Scroll below for just a few of the issues that Boba Fett's return raises. Uh, Clone sightings. One of the biggest questions a lot of Star Wars fans had after the prequel trilogy was what happened to the clone troopers in the era of the Galactic Empire. The Skywalker saga has explained, expanded to reveal how the clones were phased out of production by the, the, by the Empire after serving as uh, first stormtroopers and eventually died off due to their uh, it, died off due to, to their accelerated aging process. However, Rebels revealed that key clone army leaders like Rex were forced into hiding after the Republic fell, and since he had no aging process, it seems that Boba Fett would have had would have had as conspicuous a face as younger-looking Jango Fett. Outside of his armor, he, as he did, okay. So basically they're saying he would have been recognized as Jango Fett had he not been wearing uh, stolen Mandalorian armor. Explaining, explaining how there were no major sightings of Boba Fett after the return of Jedi is tr- gets tricky. What about Han? Han. <laughs> Han. 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 All right. Boba Fett was killed due to his service to Jabba the Hutt in apprehending Han Solo, who Boba had an in. An infamous rivalry with if Boba Fett survived the return of Jedi and escaped into the universe where Han Solo was both a famous war hero and a still practicing smuggler it seems inconceivable that Han and Boba never had another clash in the sequel trilogy era do they not think that maybe there's a lot of space in space that there's a possibility that you can go into a sector of space and never run into somebody just like you can walk into the same Walmart as a friend of yours and never see them because you're on opposite ends of the store yeah there's a chance that you might run into each other if you if you go into the same portions of the store but come on All right, there's a lot of stuff here I'm just going to Uh, maybe not so much. Cryat's Claw Crew? The Clone Wars revealed that one of Boba Fett's earliest ventures after his father's death was forming a collective of bounty hunters 
crooks called Crash Claw. The crew included iconic Star Wars bounty hunters like uh, Dengar, Bosk, and Embo, some of of whom were uh, known. Some of whom we know lived to become key players in the pivotal events of the sequel trilogy era, the Battle of Jakku. If Boba Fett is truly the one hunting down the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda right now, it seems some sequel trilogy era stories of a Cryok Clock reunion and an entire and the the entire changed dynamic of the Star Wars underworld after the Empire also needs to be part of the, the canon. Yeah, I know, there's there's a lot of things I'm sure that they that the Uber fans, the fanboys, the the crybabies like no, you can't do that. Todd, don't be an asshole. All right, okay, I'll stop. You know, it's just it's just and I've been that guy, so I really can't complain too much, right? But yeah, anyways, moving forward. Moving forward. I think that's the last of the stories. And I'm, I'm not that far into this episode. I I need to go look for some more stuff to talk about. Oh, you know what I should mention? Um, I think, I'm, I'm trying to remember the exact age. But uh, Little Richard recently passed away. And, and if, you, if you're not old enough to remember Little Richard... Just go onto YouTube and search Little Richard. I'm sure you'll find video. He is the man who essentially created rock and roll. Elvis borrowed heavily from from Little Richard and other black musicians back in the day. But uh, yeah, it's a, it was a sad sad day when I heard that Little Richard passed away. I wouldn't say I'm a fan, but I do enjoy his music. I don't turn it off when it comes on. I usually sing along to it. You know. And then we also had, um, I guess, an animator for the Batman animated series. Uh, no, not animator, a writer. Martin Pasco has died at 65. Let's see what it says here. Martin Pasco, famed comic book and television writer for the Batman and the Animated Series, has passed away in a Facebook post from longtime friend Alan Bernert. It's, it's, it's said Pasco passed away Sunday night at the age of 65 due to natural causes. Pasco worked on both the Animated Series and Mask of the Phantasm in the 1990s, winning a Daytime Emmy Award for his work on the former. The writer got his start writing for DC Comics Superman titles in the early 1970s. At the time, he was in his early 20s. Former DC Comics boss Paul Levitz confirmed the news in a separate Facebook post 
a heartfelt tribute to the comics and television writer. Quote, the odds you've never read his work, credited or not, or enjoyed a comic or cartoon or TV show or even a theme park event he made better, even as as he relentlessly com- complained about the difficulties of making it as good as it should be, Levitz writes, Marty didn't have a genius, didn't have a genius for, okay, didn't have a genius for making anything easy, especially for him, but he had a real genius for making creative magic. Go read one of his stories or watch one of his shows and raise a glass to a writer who always gave you his all. That is so awesome. That's that's also sad. I know I've I've I know I probably have seen all of the things he's worked on because I watched a lot of DC TV shows and movies because I'm a huge DC fan. Says oh we have what is this? Deadpool creator thinks the third movie isn't happening. No. 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 Okay. This is what it says here. Ever since the Disney Fox merger, fans have been wondering what that means for the cinematic future of the Marvel comics Merc with the Mouth Deadpool. The Ryan Reynolds franchise was a cash cow for for Fox, but its R rating antics aren't exactly in line with Marvel Studios' more PG-13 adventures. Ryan Reynolds has had meetings with Marvel's Kevin Feige, but nothing official has been announced. But according to Deadpool's creator Rob Liefeld, he we shouldn't be expecting one anytime soon or, in his opinion, ever. Well, that sucks. Because those were definitely great, great movies. I enjoyed all three of them. Even if the third one they've already put out was basically just a PG retelling of the second one. I liked them both. They changed enough of the... For the PG-13 release, they changed it enough... That made it funny to watch a second time, for third or fourth, or even fifth time. Um, if you haven't seen Once Upon a Deadpool, I recommend it. Even if it is only PG thirteen, it's very very funny. They they did they did it in a creative way, and I applaud them for that. But it's it's sad to hear that it, it's probably never going to happen. I I I think that um, Rob might be, I don't know. He he, it just sounds. He, he I think he had a, a bit of a falling out with Feige, because he was he was a part of I think of the the uh, Marvels uh, Marvel uh, Studios, and he left them a few months back. I think that's you know he probably. He was probably pushing for um, them to continue making Deadpool movies 
with an R rating, and they, they probably said, well, you know, we want to, we want more people to see this movie. I think what they should do, I think what they should do what they did with the second one, which is make the R-rated movie and then re-edit the movie for PG-13 release. That was smart. I think it was anyway. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's... I don't see a problem with that if they do it in that in that way. I think not making it or only doing PG-13 will... will you know, is 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 not the right way to do it. I think they should go ahead and make an R-rated version of it, as well as a PG-13 version of it. If nothing else, they have separate releases of the same movie with two different edits. That's they're still going to make a lot of money that way, and it makes all the fans happy, not just the hardcore fans. I think that's. Uh, I think that's that's the way to do it. I think that's the way they should do it. Let's see here. What else is on, on Feedly right now? Oh, oh yes. I watched the new animated uh, Justice League Dark. And uh, I, I saw this thing basically saying that uh, Justice League Dark was basically just an animated telling of what the Steiner Cut was going to be. Or a version of it, anyway. DCEU fans think Justice League Dark Apocalypse War has ties to Zack Snyder's Justice League plans. The latest DC Universe animated movie, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, not only serves as a finale of sorts to stories that have been threaded throughout most almost a decade of an, uh, animated DC films, but incorporates elements from a number of DC stories. And according to one fan theory, it's more like Zack Snyder's planning planned Justice League film than the final product was when it hit theaters. While that may be a bit of a stretch, it certainly isn't entirely wrong. The film's the film incorporates a lot of ideas Snyder's Snyder has expressed enthusiasm for over the years. And while their status as uh, staple concepts in comics makes it hard to say to say that the movie was actually influenced by Snyder, certainly the notion that it includes some elements that are likely to have made it into Snyder's plan, Justice League Trilogy isn't without merit. Justice League, uh, running back in time creator, Pratik Sakdeva, I'm I'm probably mispronouncing it, I'm sorry, uh, took to Twitter last week to point out three key areas that the where the movie bears a resemblance to what we know about Snyder's version for his Justice League film. If you don't already know, the running back in time cut is an in-development fan edit that aims to rework Justice League into something that more closely resembles the Snyder cut. You can see it you can see its trailer below. 
Oh, that's cool. I'll have to check that out. Actually, hold on. Maybe I can play the audio from it. Hold on. Let me. I'm gonna move the mic. Grab this cable here. Plug it into the computer. Ah, sorry about that. I should have done that beforehand. I didn't realize this. I just clicked on this link, so I didn't know there was a video. But I'm going to play the trailer for this fan edit. Wow. Okay. I'll, I'll post the video on uh, in the links for this episode, so you guys can check out that for yourself. That was pretty damn cool. Um, all right. I think that is it for today. I've done enough talking and 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 whatnot. So. Thanks again for tuning in to my podcast, listening to me ramble about stories, and then kind of go off on tangents of my own. And uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please invite your friends to listen to my podcast. Give the, the podcast a rating by going to rate.206geek.com. There's a couple of different ways you can rate and review the podcast. If you rate and review the podcast, it helps it helps my podcast get more noticed from other people who don't already hear about it. So um, please do that. And uh, like I said, share it with your friends and family, people you think might enjoy my podcast, people who would either find the stories I'm telling interesting or at least find me entertaining to listen to if it's funny or if it's sad or, you know, 
this guy just rambles for an hour. Can you believe that shit? Um, <laughs> and uh, again, thanks for listening. And I will talk to you guys next time. Probably going to do another episode the next few days just because, you know, I need something to do with my time and not sitting up, laying in bed, staring at my TV, either playing video games or watching Fire TV. Either way, thank you again. I'm rambling still. All right. You guys have a great day. Talk to you later. Bye. There are a couple of different ways you can support the podcast. One is by rating and reviewing the podcast by going to rate.206geek.com. The other way you can help the podcast is by going to support.206geek.com and become a podcast supporter. If you support the podcast in that way, you will get a shout out on every episode.